Cooper's Mild Ale. Triple M rocks the ashes. G'day, it's Gus Wallen here. Tassie is having a party as they host their first ever Ashes Test. But it seems like they're having the party at Triple M Cricket. So grab a Cooper's Mile Ale and enjoy our favourite bits from day two, starting with Mark Howard, Mark Waugh and Greg Blewett. So they just put on the world feed, so the whole world sees those shots mm. you're talking about of Merv Hughes, who's in the Triple M commentary box. He's actually at the ground and they're pumping up that he's done some fine work in Tasmania. You know when you see a news cross, June, or Bluey, and there might mm. be a seven or eight-year-old behind the news camera and they're bouncing around behind the reporter, yep. waving their arms, saying, look at yep. me, Mum, look at me, I, I want to get on TV. So these pictures are going internationally to England, to India, throughout the subcontinent, to South Africa. So a lot of people are watching. And Merv, quite rightly, was front and centre, and the host directors cut him up and put him on the TV. And he was looking absolutely fantastic in his shirt. Broad to star. And then our second-in-command, second-in-command, he's pretty much running the operation, Big Rabsy, Starts jumping around behind Big Merv, waving his arms in the air, saying, look at me, look at me, I'm on the telly. I'm not sure that's the way forward, June, for a man in a senior leadership <laughs> no, no. position at Triple no, M. That's, that's embarrassing. That's, that's under 10 stuff, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a lack of composure. Mm. Yes. <laughs> a complete lack of composure. This is a man that's meant to be steering the ship through some very choppy waters at this time. Come on, Rabs. has got to grow up, surely. Grow up, son. Broad saying, stop moving the robot. The robot. Foxy Rover? Yes. He might be referring to Foxy Rover, is he? Mm. Where, where's Foxy? He's down at Fine Leg, isn't he? Well, he'd be in his eye line, I'd imagine, running in. He'd be somewhere near down the, the side screen, is he? Jeez, oh, that's... What are we at the tennis, are we? You can't yeah, move now. He was. There was little Foxy Rover just went off. There he is. Just got stuck into an area he's, outside he's, of his jurisdiction. <laughs> he's starting to go a bit more around the square leg. He might whip around real quick now. Off the touch rogue on Foxy. watching away for a single. <laughs> he might start doing a few burnouts for Rover. <laughs> you say, get that one up, you Stewie. Churn the grass up. James Brayshaw, Mark Taylor and Brad Haddon. I need to get to the bottom of something that's going on down in Hobart, by the way. Uh, heads on it. Pick your brains on this in just a second. As I'm hearing some of the preparation to broadcast down there, Hads has been a long way from professional. You hearing anything like that? I'm not hearing it, JB. I've witnessed it. I've, um, I woke up this morning with uh, my Instagram account. I just went on to check the news, and, and boy, did I see a party. Oh, oh well, I've, so, I've, got to, I've got to go on my Instagram feed by the sounds of it. I need to get to the bottom of what's going on because you can leave these blokes and they just start to work in the wrong direction. What, what are we talking about, Hads? I, I don't want to put anyone's name in there, but Rabs is a good dancer. Um, that's all oh, no. I know. And he's definitely he's definitely enjoying the, the world-class oh. scotch on offer, what I've seen. And Charlie no. wasn't far behind him either. So, oh, so where were you, Taylor? Well, as you'd expect, tucked up in bed. Um, having done my hour looking at the run sheets from yesterday and doing a bit of analysis to get myself prepared for the day. Um, after I'd done all that, I got to bed about sort of 12.30, having left the ground here about 11. Um, you know, the usual what I would expect, but I, as I said, oh, please, I need, to, I need to know more about these young guys because I'm, I'm just a humble debutante this year on Triple M Cricket, so I'm trying to learn the ropes um, and what, what's, what's considered proper behaviour. I mean, if, if, if the likes of Rabbits Bartholomew are leading you astray, then you're very easily led because he is a dead set nuff-nuff. 
So <laughs> who else was a part of this behaviour? Oh, Any of the on-air it. talent? Uh, um, on-air talent. I don't know if there is any callers involved. Right. I, I know you're not down there, so that takes you out. I know Howie's not down there, so no. that takes him out. He's too professional for that anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a bit more information on last night, actually. Yeah, go on. I think Dan Ganane taught the boys a, a new phrase last night, mm. and that was oh. getting rugby league drunk. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and we, and have you noticed also we've had zero stats today? <laughs> so Ethan Meldrum dragged him down. <laughs> no, zero I don't, I don't believe it. I know. I, I can't believe Ethan would lower himself. Well, I to leave rab, to, to Rabs the, and Chuck level. Surely not. I leave the running of this ragtag motley set up to you, Tub. And well, in my absence, your leadership has been non-existent. As I said, mate, I'm, I'm just on debut in my first year. I'm just, I'm just tucking in behind people and trying to, and trying to work out what the, oh, what, what's, what, what are the ropes like? What's the boundaries here on Triple M cricket? I just hope you and Giles, who's the overall boss of what we're mm. doing, here, is having a real good listen because he might just have to cull a few. <laughs> I think he might just have to put the bloody yeah, borrow Mark War's broom from that South oh. African test down here. And clean a bit of the bloody yeah. flotsam and jetsam out. Yeah. Well, they, they often say what well, the things rot from the head. Maybe, mm. maybe it's got to start there somewhere. JB. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm hearing it. <laughs> Gus Warland, Callum Ferguson, and Murph Hughes. Now, These boys, I've uh, I've witnessed a little bit of activity on Instagram throughout mm. the day so far. I've had to go back to the footage a few times. Yeah. Because young Charlie has been out and about on the town. And I just want to know if you guys have got any more information on the Hobart Circuit Gate because I've heard there's been a few that have pulled up a little worse for wear this morning. Yeah, to be honest, Carl, I didn't realise there was a blue oyster bar down here. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't on his own. He wasn't solo last night, Charlie, but he actually got to bed a little earlier than the others. Um, Ethan, uh, our stats man, was probably best on ground, I hear. Dan Ganane... Uh, dragged the boys out a little bit. Uh, Ewan, Giles, our main hang boss, on, hang was on. Yep. Dis- disgraceful, I drag, heard. Did drag them out or well, drag them down? Both. I've heard... he's got very low Gus standards, Dan. Yep. I've heard that Dan Ganane has not been cited yet today. Now, he, he, this he is really lobbed. concerning for me. He just lobbed. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Dan Ganane, Mark Taylor and Callum Ferguson. There's a possibility of threat that England are going to unravel here. Not as much as the Triple M boxers unravelling today. My goodness, what about some of the off-air revelations that have been brought forward? Mark Taylor, Cal Ferguson in the commentary box. I thought what happened on tour stayed on tour. What a eye-opener this has been. Polo Tub? Dan, yeah, the... the, the... The down the pitfalls it was of social media. That's what it is, isn't mm. it? It's, it's out there for the world to see now. Sort of, you know, I, you know, I thought a bloke of your experience might be have your head around that a little bit more, though, not to allow that to happen. Well, sometimes it's just bigger than than you, Tub. You just can't, <laughs> can't do anything about it. I notice you blokes are happy to pile on. No, you I've and Brayshaw and said nothing, mate. Just had hadn't for God's sake hadn't ripping in the glass houses hadn't. That's oh. what they call it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
talking about the crowd not being jam-packed here, although it has very much improved. The beer rules here, Tub and Cal, and we, of course, it's all about responsible drinking here at Triple That's M. Right. But also, you don't want to be stuck in queues. It's a maximum of two per serve up until six, and then it's one per serve. Yeah. That's that's hard yakka. Uh, and, yep. and actually, a mate of mine who's here, I was saying earlier, from the from the Barossa, has come all the way from the Barossa in South Australia. He was saying that he actually got four early doors. Him and his brother, another guy down here, so they got three of them in the group. So then they got they were allowed to get three or four first up, yep. and then then it became two, and then it became one. So yep. they've, they've got to all get up and go to the bar to get a beer now. It's and, and, antisocial. And, and then they did say that when they got there a couple of times, the beer was warm. Oh, the kept Oh no. No, that's not Gee, good that. What sort of show are they running down there, Tub? Well, as I said, it's hard enough when you've got... People want to have a beer at the cricket, and obviously responsible service of alcohol is a necessity yes, at events like this. Right. But I'm also going to... I don't want the whole stand getting up and going for beer. Dan, I mean, I'm, just, sort of, I'm, I'm interested to hear... And, and I have decided to dub you the Triple M commentary team night captain. Were, were the taps cold last Jeez. night when you got out in town? Oh, weren't they what? <laughs> see, see, Tub, Tub is the man that he just gets the party going, right? And then, and then he, he just, every night he says, oh, I might just have a cleanser. You need that. Yeah, yeah. Just, you need that. That's right. Oh, yeah. oh, I just might have one or two cleansers and then I'll be off to bed. Yeah, that's right. And that's then, right. But you've just, and then you're disciplined enough. Yeah. The rest right. of us have thought, well, it's midnight in Hobart. Some of us are treating this like a katiki tour, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're dobbing yourself in now. Well, don't, it's a, yeah, well, don't take start, the stand. Don't, don't, that's media. right. Don't start <laughs> running him down to third man now, night captain. You're the one <laughs> yeah. leading the charge here. It, it's a dead rubber. <laughs> All right, it's the fifth test. We're never going to see each other again, some of us. I mean, I mean it's all about camaraderie. Uh, what about Haddon? Referring to rugby league drunk. I mean, oh, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Brad, that's pot calling the kettle black. Anyway, and we'll get one more over in before dinner, I'm told it is. It's, uh, I keep forgetting, Tub. It's not lunch. <laughs> not, uh, I think we've got to. It's 5 p.m. It's not. It's happy hour. We should call it happy yes. hour. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I think well, you would important. as night captain, you'd be calling it happy hour, wouldn't you? I mean, I came into the commentary box today for the first time, and I came into quite a, a frazzled and a little unnerved uh, commentary team captain, James Brayshaw. Yeah, as I was saying, I, I came into the commentary box and, and Bray looked a little dishevelled and a little unsure about what was happening around him. And I, I said, what's the problem, mate? And he said, oh, things have gone to the shizen down in Hobart. And I said, what's happened? He said, well, the roll call this morning, you know, half the team was missing. They didn't know whether they were going to turn up or not. And yeah, half the crew had just disappeared on him and he was waiting for them to turn up. Can't have a professionalism question like this. I think, like, let's be honest here. The only reason that Brayshaw was saying that... Because he's jealous. He's exactly Mate, right. you want to start telling stories <laughs> yeah, about exactly. Adelaide? Oh, yeah. He, he and both of them <laughs> parked themselves on that bloody table. Oh. They were there before the end of play every night. Oh, we, we can start We can start knifing a few people here. Oh, Brayshaw. I'm going to go down <laughs> swinging. Well, I mean, what I noticed as well, that he he had the Qantas app up on his phone. He was looking to try and find a flight back down to Hobart to try and sort things out and try and tidy and right the ship down there. He he was looking a bit unsure about what was happening. He'd said he'd put Tubby in charge down there because he thought he had good leadership qualities and he'd had experience in the captaincy seat. How hard is it for someone like Rayshaw, who lives in Melbourne, just to get to the airport and fly down to Hobart? It's not that hard, is it, really? He's got to get out of his comfort zone. 
That's what he's in. Half the seven team are here, aren't they? That's right. Why, why couldn't he come down? Oh, dear. He's, just, he's become soft. That's the bottom line. Oh, I'll tell you what. That, there's some, there's you breaking what. news. There, there, are some sh- is there, are, there are some shots being fired uh, in the Triple M box at the minute. We've got blokes commentating from their holiday home. Uh, we got Howard commentating in his singlet and his hat backwards uh, yesterday. I'm glad he's got a T-shirt on today. Brayshaw was commentating from his kitchen last time. When I turned up today, uh, Howie had only, he only had shorts on. We had to look at the bare skin. No shirts. No shirts. Oh, oh, oh. No, Howie. He's, pretty, he's obviously pretty happy with himself, Howie. He ain't like to go on the Zoom call with that. <laughs> so, and then we also had a bit of an issue Cal. with social media, didn't we, Dan? Well, there was a bit of a social media storm that kicked up this morning as well. This is what started it. I mean, I, you know, I'm of the age. What happens on tour stays on tour. When you've got kids mm-hmm. now, just putting stuff on social media. Willy nilly. Willy-nilly <laughs> social media behaviour. That's what it is. You wouldn't have stood for it. No. Tub. You would not have stood for it. I can't, I can't work it out, so. Tell you what, Tub, if we had social media in the worn sort of Slater era, you would have been in big trouble. You couldn't have controlled them. No way in the world <laughs> no, you Just take strong leadership, mate. You strong are very, leadership. very lucky. <laughs> well, it's all, all right. been dubbed Circuit Gate now, so we've got the <laughs> night captain who's been heavily involved in Circuit Gate down in Hobart. Mark Howard and Mark Taylor. Now, Howie, we've, we've had a bit yep. of controversy. You, you would have heard oh. that from the first session from the, what went on last night. But, um, yes. W- why some of the guys are out partying and carrying on, I, I was doing a little bit of research myself for oh, yeah. today's play. I'm looking at, as I do, the media, getting a feel for what the, what the stories are for the weekend. And I, I came across the Herald Sun mm. today. Right. And in the middle is a magazine oh. <laughs> called yes. Herald Sun Weekend. And I saw Ash Barty on the front of Herald yeah. Sun. Have you seen this? Her- oh, yeah. Ash, Ash Barty. I thought, wow, yeah. So Root defends I, on the offside. No run. I, I blindly thought, well, okay, this is a chance to catch up with the Australian Open, which starts on Monday. And the first page I turned to, page three, yes. is my Saturday ritual, is the headline. Mark with Howard. Barty. With Ash Barty, is it? Mark Howard, sports oh, no. commentator, it says. I, that's got nothing to do with the Australian Open, I assume. So then I then I see it's obviously you and you obviously your wife and two and your two daughters. Big photo. He's up. There's a, one of them's my son, Tubby. He's got long hair, but he won't be happy with you saying that's my daughter. His name's Mac. He loves his cricket, and he'll be telling you to get stuffed, Tubby. Well, well, he needs a good haircut, mate. There you go. That's what he needs. Give, the, give that a bit of a trim up. So, sports commentator, um, mm. and then it says. I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to find out more about Mark Howard. I've already found out something already. Um, but then all it is, it goes through your, your, your local coffee haunt, your best spot for a date night, favourite takeaway, yeah. best hidden treasure. It's just you mitigating any chance you might have of spending some money. That's the way I read it. Because you mentioned you've got your favourite coffee place, the Starfish Bakery. I'll give them a wrap. Uh, the Beach House. Uh, you, take, you take Erica for a date night. You talk about the Barwon Heads Brewing Company. Yes, so nice new beer that is. Oh, that's, so they send you a few of those, do they, on a regular <laughs> basis? Uh, and then the, the best hidden treasure you don't give to us because you don't want anyone finding out where you are. But you, what you've done there is, uh, and I know you love an invoice and you don't <laughs> like spending too much money. So what I then take from all that is that this is the way you've got... Someone involved, your manager said, "Well, do a nice article, and and you, know, you'll, you won't have to pay for a coffee, takeaway, date nights, or beer. For how long does that go? Six months, a year? 
Probably um, about two years, I reckon, Tub. It was a fair plug. Yeah, and, and if I keep if I keep talking about him, you'll give them my address as well, will you, and that sort of stuff. So. What happened, Tub, is that Fox Publicity said, listen, the Herald Sun would like to do something about your local area. They'll send you the questions and just jot down a few notes, and from there, they'll go and write the article. So I right. jotted down the notes, and they had been printed word for word in the newspaper, yeah. so there was no journalist got hold of them, which did surprise me a little bit, but... A fine little town we live in, Tub, and uh, there's been a lot of difficulties everywhere with local businesses, so nice to give a few of them a plug. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because some of the quotes did sound very much like the way that you speak. It was uh, yeah. Paul and the team at Barwon Heads at the local yes. coffee haunt, the Starfish. Uh, yes. Elite, I think you they mentioned. Are. Elite. Elite. That, that was brilliant, that. <laughs> that. There's a couple of free coffees in that and maybe a, maybe a scrambled eggs and avocado, I would have thought. <laughs> You noticed I didn't give away my local surf spot, though. I no, didn't I did notice that. that. No, I did notice that. And the other thing that it was sort of prickled a few people in, in the box that I'm working at here at Bell Reeve, and you've answered it partly by saying right. this is obviously organised by Fox Cricket. Um, yes. But there's no mention at all of Triple M in there. None at all. Not a mention. We, we, we scoured through the article, mm. and not a mention of Triple M. Well, you know what really disappoints me? What's that, mate? That there was no mention of the Howie Games. Stuff Triple M. I thought that podcast would get a decent plug. That's what really flattened me. So to be what honest, you're so. saying is that you, if there wasn't room for the plug, you'd go that before Triple M as well. So oh, they're yeah. now third on the invoice. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no doubt. No doubt. As much as I love them. Oh, okay. So Ewan's just on the blower now, actually. Back to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I've got Friday nights off from football. Yeah, the that's, yeah, that's it. Tub. No, well, come on, give us a quick rundown of Barwon Heads. I've never been to Barwon Heads. It's uh, Okay, it's about 70 kilometres west of Melbourne. You go to Geelong and then head to the coast. It's uh, the local area. There's a river which feeds into 13th Beach, which has got great waves and fishing. It's only a small town, one main street, Hitchcock Avenue. Probably about 2,500 people live here. And then uh, it swells during summer, very much a coastal town tub. And some big names yeah. live here. Cadell Evans lives down here. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah. He, Mark Howard down there. Yeah, yeah well, Cadell's probably got a tour de France in front of me. <laughs> Two to 37. Um, and lots of great cafes and eateries. And for me, the best beaches in Victoria, Tub. So very, yeah. very lucky to live here. Uh, good on you, mate. And I can see you enjoy it, mate. I can see that. When you were talking about it, the eyes lit up and the smile came on the face. And I've got to say, the photo did look very good. It looks like a very relaxed place, mate. I'm disappointed you thought my son was my second daughter, but apart from that, I think it was all okay. I, I should have got that because it looked like you in that photo where they, where they, they <laughs> compared you to Pamela Anderson the last Test match. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Dan Ganane, Mark Taylor and Callum Ferguson. Anaconda stat. Oh, I'm going to hazard a guess that it probably is his longest drought since one for 48 in his first innings. Scott Bowen now for the series and for his test career, 15 wickets at 8.93. <laughs> now, when did the statisticians, uh, like, what's the, is it 20 wickets? Is it 30 wickets that they sort of officially count it as a legitimate career? For I'm going to go minimum 15. 15. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Eith, Eith, you've got to give us his strike rate at the moment which is obviously his wickets per deliveries. Because they said he's probably oh, gone... It'd be Dale Stain-esque or oh, Richard no, Hatley. Yeah. better than that. It'd be better than all of them. Well, you know, the, the, the greats are around the 50. Yeah. 50 balls per wicket in Test Match cricket. 
Yeah, Scott Boland currently striking at 25. Oh. He's got to give it away. That's he's, got to, he's got to retire now. Oh, honestly, Tub and Cal, that's park cricket stuff. <laughs> I'm familiar with these sorts of stats. This is, this is down my alley. It's outrageous. Oh, has anyone, Tubby, have you seen anyone start a career like this? Have I told you about my test wicket, uh, Cal? Oh. <laughs> We're not going back there, Tub. Surely. Oh. We can't. <laughs> uh, um, actually, Michael Slater, I think he had one wicket in his first over. That's about the only one I can think of. He ended, he, ended up with one, he ended up with one test wicket, I think. So, no, Scotty Bowman, 15 test wickets, 25 balls in between them. You talked about the story, Tub, with Howie earlier of uh, your great mate Peter Taylor um, and when you found out you're a captain. Have I got this right? Do I remember you telling this story years ago, again involving Peter Taylor, when you thought you were in the Australian Test Team? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I got a phone call from the Channel 9 Today show <laughs> telling me to... Hang on, hang on, what year were we talking? So you 19... debuted in 88, 89? Yeah, this, was, this would have been 86, 7 that season. So a couple of years before. Okay. Yeah, I got the phone call from, I think it was still called the Today Show in those days, saying, yes, Mark, you've been picked in the Australian side. Would you come in for an interview? And I was just about to go in. And then I got the phone call back and they said, is there a P. Taylor who plays cricket in New South Wales? I said, yes, Peter Taylor. Ospin Bowen. They said, could it, could it be him in the team? And I said, well, who's in it? And Greg Matthews was still in the team. I thought, well, that'd be strange to have two offies. Yeah. Greg ended up being 12th man in that test. And they dropped... I think Boogie might have got dropped in that game. But for a short period, you think you are going to make your test debut? Yeah, I was in the team, well, possibly in the team for about two hours. Maybe about an hour, I suppose. And then During the folks? Who, who did you yeah, tell? Well, my, I was still living at home. Still at home, living oh, at home. Oh, no, that's... And no. then my, um, uh, it was Dirk Willem, who was the New South Wales captain, actually rang me oh, probably two or three hours later. He'd been picked in that team to let me know it was Peter and not me. And PT and I went to training together that afternoon for New South Wales. <laughs> Just to finish off that story about uh, what I thought was going to be my test debut, and it being Peter Taylor's, they did get the right one in the end, I'm sure of that, because Peter Taylor made 40 with the bat, yeah. and he went from uh, batting about eight in the first innings to batting about, might have even opened the batting in the second innings, something like that, uh, and took six for, and was man of the match, six for and two for <laughs> in the game, Peter Taylor. What a selection. Yeah, so there, they got, they got it right. But please tell me the producer or someone at the Channel 9 Today show got you a, I don't know, bunch of flowers or a case of beer or something just to say, Mark, we're sorry. Because they didn't know you were eventually going to captain your country. That could have been your one for two hours. Great you were a test cricketer. Oh, yeah. Well, the good news is they employed me. Yeah, you could job for life. Later, so that was okay. <laughs> we'll call it yeah. quits, eh? <laughs> James Brayshaw, Mark Waugh and Lord Ian Botham. I saw there was a bit of talk somewhere in the papers about how you know, Australians learn their craft in county cricket. All these years we've been going over. I was one of them, beneficiary, and I played for Essex. And they're saying, why don't the English come and play now? First-class system. I know a lot of them play club cricket, don't they? But well, Beefy did. Didn't yeah, he played for Queensland, yeah. Queensland. Yeah. Played against Beefy, yeah. Yeah, you did. Graham Hick played for Queensland. Ziv did, Bridges, yeah. That's right, yeah. 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 It wouldn't be a, a bad idea, I, I guess, to... Yeah, a lot of the, lot the, right the, uh, lot of the state sides are reluctant, though, aren't they? You yeah. Know, they want to, you want to uh, have just about everybody out there that can play one day, if possible, for Australia. 
But still, I mean, I think one slot for an overseas player wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, especially an accomplished player. You could learn off them and they could learn, improve their game, I guess. Yeah, and also the other advantage of coming and playing over here and uh, you get to understand the... Uh, the players you're playing against and with and the mentality and, and the, the thought patterns and you know you think right okay you know it's, it's and I'll get to know when these guys come over here like they haven't right you can't do much about the weather but they know one of them played here different wickets different ball different light different mentality hearing Sari and Botham talk about coming out here playing for Queensland and getting to know the people as Green comes in and that's allowed to pass through to Carry no run. So that would have been your thinking when you and DK destroyed the rooms. You Beef? cannot destroy a room in Launceston. <laughs> it was it was a model for a bunker, <laughs> atomic bunker. Yeah, we, we both got fined. I think five thousand dollars. Yeah, but uh, honestly, you, that, that would, well, we both actually laughed when they said you'd been fined for destroying. You what couldn't happen? destroy. I can't it. remember that. What'd you do? Well, they had they had um, there was something on the wall, and we decided to make it a target. Oh. Okay. Only a bit of fun. Do you not ever play there, Junior? Launceston? Launceston, uh, no, no. I played an under 19 carnival many years ago, but not, not first class cricket, no. no it's, it's, Devonport? Do you ever play Devonport? The, the no. cycle track around there, and they used to park no, their cars on the, on the hill and, and honk you in their cars, the locals. You play I there, certainly played at Devonport? Launceston, and, uh, and I'd never played at Devonport. I didn't play no, I Tell you how I remember playing at Launceston. Beefy N Junior. Mike Valletta had just been dropped from the Australian team, so he came back and played the Shield game WA versus Tasmania. Well, I was a 12th dude. He got out, caught short leg. He didn't think he was out. He went walking through the dressing rooms, across the road, into the front bar of the hotel, still with his pads, gloves and helmet on, and ordered a beer at 11.07 in the morning. And the bloke poured him a beer, put it on the bar and said, hey, you're going to be paying for that. Well, Devonport was obviously a similar setup because the ground was right next to the old motor in where we stayed, so you just walk across the oval. I actually got my first first-class hundred at Devonport. That's why I remember Ooh. Devonport quite fondly, but um, probably not the best atmosphere with the old cars parked on the, <laughs> on the banks and the, the cycle track around it. Yeah. And the headlights gone on full beam just as the bowler bowls. Yeah. Like a derby. Derby. Derby sure they had the cars parked around there. Yeah, they used to, yeah. Cam Green, by the way, Ethan, on Anaconda. I need his series with the ball. He's been absolutely superb. Well, I was just looking up Cam Green's series. Only two Aussies in the last 30 years have 200 runs and 10 wickets in an Ashes series. Cam Green, this series, Shane Warne, 2005. He's 10 wickets at 18 so far this series. 10 wickets at 18. Jeez, that's handy from your fifth bowler. 2005, how did Warney make 200 runs? How'd that happen? I'm sure he'll talk you through every single one. <laughs> would have gone upstairs with him, Beef, wouldn't he? He would have halfway downed him at that point of his extraordinary you know, career. I still think one of the funniest things I ever saw when he was on, he got towards it 97 or something, Junior? Yep. Yeah, in Perth. Yeah, in Perth, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to knock it around, knock it around. Yeah. Oh, whoosh. What sort of shock was that? He was unlucky. No it was a no ball, actually. If it was, yep. These days he would have, would have got a second chance. He'd have probably done the same thing again. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, wasn't the smartest shot. Oh, was that as funny as when he tried to get back into his ground and head-butted the stumps? <laughs> yeah, well, that was been on, on the show on, on, on the Fox today, the lunch show. Oh, that, as funny as it gets. It was nearly as funny as Minus Labashane's yep. tumble yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. 
And another one we brought up on Triple M Cricket is Tubby when he ran down to Dipak Patel and then shouldered arms. The stump by two metres. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Glenn Maxwell, he did that in the Big Bash game. Went to back he away did. and let it go. That's it. Straight in the middle stump. That's it. Mate, I've been involved in some bad dismissals, so I can't talk too loudly. My uh, chop on Phil Tufnell at the Gabba, my <laughs> attempted reverse sweep was pretty ordinary. Beefy, you would have done something silly, wouldn't you? Uh, probably, no. yeah, more often than not, probably. I think the worst one I ever, June, was when it got smacked back at me. I was, hadn't faced the ball, hit me in the guts and went straight onto the stumps. <laughs> <laughs> That's not out, though, is it? Yeah, it was as I, I was out of the crease. <laughs> I was backing up. You've run yourself out. <laughs> yeah, that, that took a bit of explaining. Nick Knight playing on one day international, free hit, left left it. <laughs> Big leap. Well, if I'm captain or coach, I'm going to retire him if he did that. <laughs> Off you get. You're going to be that yep. stupid. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's not thinking properly on a cricket field. But Tub, that's a World Cup, wasn't it? World Cup match. Dipak Patel, one of the first spinners to open in those games. Yeah, that would have been and the 91 World Cup. Yep. And Tubbs just charged him and then shouldered arms. What was Tubbs doing playing in a one-day international? What was he doing, well, he by the way, Well, he's opening with Jeff Marsh. <laughs> Solid opening combination. I remember when I first played for Australia, I was batting at six. I don't reckon I get in, got in before about the 48th over in any game. <laughs> well, Booney was in number three. Wasn't yeah. it? Booney was three. Couldn't get a dig, couldn't get a hit. AB used to come in. Yeah, happy if we got 40 in the first 10 overs. <laughs> One for 40, none for 40. World Cup final against the West Indies. Mike Brearley and Jeff Boycott open the innings. <laughs> How'd that go for you? Well, I, I went in. I went in. <laughs> running got now? up the order. And uh, when I went in, we wanted 23.5 per ball. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were four. Down. We're three wickets down. <laughs> <laughs> they scored 80 in 30 overs. Oh, no. <laughs> Solid. Solid start. Clive yep. Lloyd told his bowlers, don't get him out. Mm. Yep. Well, what about Sunil Gavaska? Didn't he make 30 not out in a 60 over limited? Over At Lords. Match- At Lords. Lords. Yeah. Sure. That's pretty hard to do. <laughs> isn't it? 30 not out in 60 overs. Put your microphone up, Beefy. What are you doing, Beef? I'm enjoying my ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would melt and Merv volunteered to look after it for me. Well, I wouldn't have seen much of that, would I? No. The the stick would be gone too. (laughs) For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Mark Howard and Callum Ferguson. Oh, he's beaten. That is a jaffer from Broad. He goes wide on the crease. Angles it in, then seams it away. Good luck with that, Fergie. No, it's elite stuff from Stuart Broad, and it's he's just an elite performer. And it just staggers me he didn't play in that first test. Still, I was just having a conversation <laughs> off air with with Bray about it. You just you wonder what was going through their mind when they knew the wicket had been under covers for two weeks, and and their plan was to not have Broad and Anderson in their lineup. You know. What was going through their minds leading into that game? How could they possibly feel comfortable without having those two in that lineup? It's like, Fergie, that somehow the Australians got a selector into the English camp as a spy. <laughs> Said, right, let's not play Broad and Anderson in the Gabba. 
Then when we get to Tassie on a raging, let's keep Jimmy in the sheds again. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> and then we've got away. Yeah, we with don't it. want to break him. <laughs> it's unbelievable, Howie. That is really well put. I just I cannot believe what's been going on with their selection. I mean, to play a spinner at the Gabba and then not at Adelaide Oval when all of the stats point the other way was mind blowing. I mean, they've even if they weren't happy with Leach, they've got Dominic Bess in the squad. Well, that's where and for the spy theory comes in again, Fergie. Yeah, no, I love it, Howie. As well. I reckon there might be some merit here. Oh, we might have to look into it a bit further. Oh, well, I was just I was noticing in the Zoom that I've got in front of me, the Zoom meeting, and we've got you know all of our major players, and, and Gus just sitting there watching the cricket, just flicking his nipples at the minute. I'm not sure why, but it was a little weird and a, bit, a little bit uncomfortable for me, to be honest. But um, I, I'm just watching him, and he's I watched him from the minute... Smithy walks to his walk to the crease. His great mate Stephen Smith walked out there, and Steve on a pair, of course. And I've seen nervous energy before, and I knew Stephen was going to be bringing plenty to the crease. But what I didn't expect was quite the amount that Gus Wallen was bringing to the table in that room over there. I'm not sure how everyone was feeling about it all. He was uncomfortable in his seat. He was annoying Merv, and, and very rarely is Merv annoyed because he's normally doing the annoying, but. Gus Walland is bringing an enormous amount of nervous energy at the moment. He's, he's a bit worried about his, one of his good mates out there in the middle. Stephen's got it under control, Gus. It's going beautifully. 12 off 21. Rides him pretty hard, the big fella. And if you're next to Gus when Steve's batting, and unfortunately gets out. Now, Steve Smith's averaging 60 in test cricket, and he's one of the greatest cricketers ever seen. I haven't seen Gussie bat. But if Smith goes... You get a full pricey from Gus about what yep. our man did wrong, and you think, well, yep. Gussie, the man's averaging 60. I'm not yep. sure he needs to be getting your advice, but he goes hard, Gussie. Well, he didn't get his foot across there. How you're, you know, he was too loose yep. in the backswing there, and you think, oh, I hear you, Gussie, and I love you, but I'm not sure you should be giving Steve advice. I just wonder if at the end of a day's play, Howie, there's a phone conversation uh-huh. that involves a full 360-degree feedback conversation where everyone tells a bit of the home truths that are required to get better at your, at your, your skills, your, whether it's preparation, um, whether it's your footwork, what's your focus when you're out there. Uh, I just wonder whether that 360 degree of feedback is happening on a daily basis. Well, I'm concerned if Steve's taking any of it on board. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Talking about Gus and Steve, you yep. spoke a couple of times in the coverage that I've been playing cricket for the last couple of seasons so I can keep going to my young bloke plays and I had to say to him after my last start when I got knocked over and came off the ground and I got caught at point cutting oh, no. and as I walked off dad I think that was a bit close to the body to cut oh. like, mate you don't need that advice <laughs> I had to explain to him mate I think you just need to give me an over or two. But, but he said, no, but, Dad, it was too close to cut. I'm like, mate, just leave it for a couple of overs. <laughs> so, did, did you ever get advice? Did, you know, was any of your family members or any of your teammates quick on the advice? Yeah, not that quick. <laughs> no, you good. don't was need that, it that quick. Was that the penguin? Yeah, that was the penguin as yeah. I'm walking off the ground. Oh, dear. Uh, he'll learn quickly, I reckon. He'll have a, f- a few shots fired across his broadside if uh, he keeps that up. <laughs> Well, he got knocked over today, but unfortunately I'm in quarantine, so I couldn't see it. And uh, yep. If I'd been there, though, I might have given him a little spray as he walked <laughs> off just to even it up. I love it. I love it. Yeah, my, my dad 
who loves his cricket, but from a tennis background, used to just ask me questions about what was going through my mind and what I was thinking, what was the game plan. And I could tell that he was itching to give me a bit, but as a coach, he knew that wasn't the way to go. Mark out, Cal Ferguson. And then we'll hear from Merv, Dan Ganane Jr. And Jr. started off this morning on Fox doing the BBL game, so he's had a Whoa. big shift. Wow. Jr. might just be getting a little bit testy. He's been on the tools since probably... Ooh, 9 o'clock this morning. He'd just probably started to get a bit punchy Ooh, the June, so it'll be a session worth hours. listening to. 13 hours. That's a decent stint at it, Howie. It's a lot of cricket. Perhaps we don't mention anything about slips cordons being a little bit too close together or anything of that nature, Howie, because we might just set him off. That might trigger him. Well, the fact that he dropped you after one test... <laughs> Dan Ganane, Murph Hughes and Mark War. I don't know what Howie's talking about. Mark War looks as bright as a button. He looks good, doesn't he, Junior? <laughs> 13 hours. I mean, some would say Fox really worked their, their people hard. Not me, Murph. Wonderful organisation. But but here's Mark War, fresh as a daisy. I'll tell you what, I've got that much makeup on. I'll need a shovel to get it off when I get home. Got 14 hours of powder on my melon. <laughs> you look good, though, Junior. You look good. Mm, yeah, real good. Matter of fact, you're looking that good. I can almost jump the fence for you. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Merv, is that the same shirt you had on yesterday? Or is it such a long day you had that on earlier in the day? That shirt. <laughs> well, this is a wild accusation. 20, 24 hours a day, and I did have it on early today. So, yeah, my first stint today. Uh, you never on yesterday? This shirt on. No, I had, yesterday. Stripe, I had my burgundy striped shirt on there yesterday. That's how well oh, I'm yeah. going. Pay attention, will you? All right. Triple M rocks the ashes.